right, guys, you know what it is. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and the website launchpadpod.com. Watch us on YouTube today. We got a special guest. Kyle, our Star Wars expert, is back in the house. We cannot wait to be talking to him. You know what we're talking about. If you can't tell, because Matt has an awesome costume on today. He came in cosplay mode. We're talking about Boba, 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 Fett. Let that ring out to the theme song. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt, and I thought you were going to do the Boba Fett theme song, which kind of sounds like a guy who wasn't ready to do the theme song. <laughs> it's like it's guys, it's temp, it's temp. We'll fill it in with actual song and music. This is just temp. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I want everyone right now to go back to the '70s and remember a Francis Ford Coppola movie about a crime lord. Now imagine <laughs> if he just went like this for three hours and was like, "Yeah, do that. Yeah, do that. Sounds like a good idea. Do that." But don't hurt anybody. <laughs> Why okay, isn't this yeah, working? That. Why am I not the Lord of Crime now? Why am yeah, I? Yeah, like, oh, oh, I want to be, I want to be a respected crime leader. <laughs> yeah, who, who are you? Some guy that just walked in? Okay, yeah, you give him a job. Oh, what did you try to do? Kill me in a completely unsuccessful ass backwards attempt? Okay, you can leave. No, wait, you want to work for me? Okay. And then, back to the theme song. I was like, they were like, you ready to record this? They were like, that was today. Like, yeah, you wrote the theme song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll it, roll it. Okay. Boba, boba, boba. Keep them bobas rolling. Boba, boba, boba. Boba fat. You're going to put words in there, right? No, that's it. It's like. I make up songs while I change my son's diapers, and they are. They rhyme and they are contextually about the poop on his butt and stuff. And we both crack up once in a while. I go too fast and can't think of a, a line and I'll Boba Fett it. Oh, my God. And then the show starts and you're like, all right. You guys wrote a script, right? <laughs> well, well guys, we're talking about yeah, the yeah, book yeah. of kind of Boba Fett. So, let, yeah, let, I mean, but, Boba uh, Fett 2.5. We're all caught up, right? We all watched this. We all made it through the seven or so episodes that were there, right? Like we said, we have Kyle, our Star Wars expert in the house. Kyle, how's it going, buddy? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me back again. Dude, we oh, had to. Dude, we had to. Star Wars, but specifically Mandalorian. I feel like we couldn't talk about anything related to Mandalorians or Mandalore without you. Um, I think you know more than both of us about the lore, but you're also just like so fucking into it. I'd feel like we were cheating on you if we talked about anybody <laughs> related to the Mandalorian culture or religion without you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I would feel a little little heartbroken if that was the case. But no, I would get over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We need no. you here. It's, you know, it's tradition at this. It's it. This is the way, right? I hate that this, fucking expression, but like, okay. <laughs> so, this is the way. Matt, did you remove your helmet? 
A better, a new expression is, did you want your helmet polished? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And like he's like, yeah. And then she's like, you can't be a Mandalorian. He's like, uh, but I got the sword. Yeah. Uh, did you like, just tell me how the sword was going to be the leader of the Mandalorian? Come you on. can fucking swing that thing without chopping off your own leg. You can rule Mandalore. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, let's okay. let's start at the beginning. We got we, right. we it's Book of Boba Fett. We're talking about it. This is sort of the season three of Mandalorian, like sort of. Um, did you guys at the end of Mandalorian season two when they tease this? You know, when he he kills Bib Fortuna, gets on the throne. How big was everybody's boner? Were you excited? Were you like, okay, let's see what happens? Or were you like, oh boy, I was pretty oh, yeah, excited, no. dude. Yeah, yeah I was too. Stoked. I was like super stoked. Yeah, I would say medium level, but I was like, okay, let's do it because Mandalorian. I loved Mandalorian one and two. I thought both of those are great, and I was like, okay, let's let's see what you got. I think this will be interesting. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I have realized if you have a character who wears a helmet and is nothing but an enigmatic badass, never show him any other way. Sure. Just, just we, we learned our we, we learned our lesson with Darth Vader and they're like, let's test the waters again with Boba Fett. And like, look, we saw him without his helmet on in the Mandalorian, but we didn't get overdosed on it. And this one, it's like, oh, he's not going to wear his helmet ever, huh? You're just going to. Oh, there was a deleted scene where he was actually bolted to a table and he goes, how are the Tusken Raiders? Are they all right? And the emperor goes, in your anger, you went off and rode on the fucking speeder bike guys killed him or something. And he went, no! <laughs> but at least, so so my, my biggest complaint about this is that you kind of saw the cracks, the flaws in his character. Like, he wasn't this ultimate badass. He kind of just bumbled his way through everything. Worse than the Mandalorian, because you both remember yeah. I said, like, Mandalorian has badass moments, but for the most part, it's just a regular guy trying to do his job, right? Yeah, yeah. and I thought Boba Fett would have been... I, we saw him be so badass in the Mandalorian, and this he kind of kind of just stumbled his way through it, and it was like, okay, mm -hmm. okay. So, I, here's the thing. When we first started watching this... I said, and it wasn't until we got to maybe the third episode. When did when did the when he got a, a rancor showed up and was like, "Hey, I'm going to give you this rancor as a pet." That uh, was what, episode. Uh, I believe that was episode uh, three. Three. So when the rancor shows up, I was like, "Look, I, this show's not doing it for me." But if he rides that <laughs> rancor by the end, all will be forgiven. <laughs> all will be forgiven. I will. I will. I can't say bad things if he rides that rancor. And they fucking delivered on that respect. So guess what? I can't hate on the show as much as I wanted to. Mm. But I, I thought it was interesting. The first episode started out kind of strong. And it's funny because we see him escape the Sarlacc pit. And it's literally shot for shot as uh, it was foretold in Parks and Rec. Which yep. is hysterical. Mm -hmm. um, Patton Oswalt, famously in Parks and Rec, did a filibuster where he told his version of how Boba Fett escapes the Sarlacc pit. And they literally did it timed to his speech. The hand shoots out back, come down from the twin sons. The hand shoots out. So we see him escape. It's kind of cool. We see him get kidnapped by um, Tuscan Raiders and kind of begin his his uh, ascent to. Well, first, Jawas steal his armor. Right. And that's important for multiple reasons. But yeah. when the yeah. Tuscan Raiders get him, he's just a dude in a jumpsuit. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, exactly. have, have, do you, and this is a serious question. And I didn't look this up. Actually, I did when I was watching it, but I couldn't see it. Do you guys know how long he was in the pit? Like from the Jabba's barge exploding to him 
busting through. It, it, the show doesn't seem to specifically state that. I'm sure it's somewhere, but that would make an interesting timeline for it. Doesn't change anything really, right. but it lets us know kind of how long he was with the Tuscan Raiders versus how long he was in the pit, right? I think they were trying to say that when he was with the Tuscan Raiders, when he got all those flashbacks, it was like in a five year period. Okay, span. so he was with them for some time. For some time, yeah. But the fact that there was a stormtrooper inside the Salak pit, which was kind of weird because on the barge, there was no stormtroopers. Correct. So so that means that they might have been maybe one of the ones that were combing the sands of Tatooine when they were trying to find you know, when uh, the droids and stuff like that, C-3PO and R2-D2 were on mm-hmm. Tatooine and trying to find that. And maybe one of the stormtroopers fell into the solid pit, but it was kind of weird to see that in there because we knew that on the barge, there was no stormtroopers. Yeah, at least give me a Queequay or something. There could have been anything in that pit. Yeah. Come on. But I mean, what what how Boba Fett escaped by using the oxygen that was left in that stormtrooper? Yeah, it was it was crazy because you were like, oh, I guess that can legitimately work if you were in the beast of the belly of the beast and you had no way of getting oxygen to you. Go yeah, and yeah. use somebody else's. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And I know I've read yeah. some comics and and some books that have discussed other stuff, including like t- uh, uh, telepathy that he like let. He talked with someone telepathy or telepathically with another prisoner in the pit. And they also like convinced the the beast, the great pit of Carcoon to let them go or some shit. This is definitely a badass version of that. And possibly one of the best images of the show. I think yeah. is him coming out like that. Well, and it worked. We got to see where what happened. We've all we've all wanted to see it. So I'm happy with that. I was disappointed that Dengar didn't show up at some point, because, again, in the in the Tales from Jabba's Palace, Dengar is yeah. a big, big part of him, like rehabilitating Boba Fett. But that's fine. Um, I kind of like that they did this weird flashback stuff whenever he's in his back to tank. He's like, flashback, flashback, and and doing these parallel story arcs. So that's kind of cool. I like that. Um, you know, we're back with Fennec Shan, hanging out at Jabba's Palace, doing some stuff, getting the flashbacks to the Tusken Raiders as they kind of kick his ass, but he has to like show him that he's a cool dude anyway. Uh, but it's, you know, that stuff was cool. I thought that all worked out. Um, I really liked that he sort of learned this new way to escape and like this way to fight and this way to survive in the desert. So it kind of tempered him in a way. But like the modern stuff was like, you don't act like the guy who survived slavery and escaped the desert. You kind of act like you're like, so uh, how, how do we do this bad guy stuff? It's like, look. I've been on enough film sets long enough that I think there's a couple jobs I could do, even though I've never done them. Sure. Boba Fett has been around enough bad guy gangster shit, like, he should be able to do this better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, he should be able to at least copy some of the other guys that he saw do shit, right? Sure, sure. It's like he fell into the Sarlacc pit and he forgot how to be a bounty hunter. Exactly. They should have been like, oh, that part of my brain got burned away or I hit my head or some sort of bullshit. And you're like, uh, I don't like it, but okay. Yeah. But yeah, you know, my, my the biggest, in my opinion, problem with the series starts right here because he gets back there and is like, I'm taking over Jabba's shit, but I want to be a respected crime lord. I want to rule through respect, not through fear. Now, that's not the Boba Fett that we all grew up with and know, but like, Okay. Yeah, this is the guy who's like going to suspend disbelief and make an allowance that you are going to evolve the character, possibly in a direction that I don't like, but okay. Why? Through the series, we could say that his time with the Tusken Raiders has tempered him. But like 
it's not like the rest of the fucking black market underground crime syndicates are going to be like, oh, okay, you can be cool and we'll all be mean and we'll work together. He just expects that like four crime lords at a dining room table are going to agree to his shit for literally no reason. Like he's like, hey, don't make a better deal with other people. Just shake my hand right now. Crime lords, known crime lords. And that's how this whole thing is. And it's it's like, Aaron, your joke of like he's been around some shady shit and he should know how to do this. I agree. But it comes in as just like it's not even innocent. It's like fucking ignorant where he's just like, I want to be a nice guy and be in charge of the fucking crime lord of, you know, Tatooine. Especially like, when it's like, what? obviously, these guys have already shooken hands with the Pike Syndicate <laughs> well before <laughs> flippers, whatever they got. They had, like. Obviously, the Pike Syndicate is running shit around here. They got money sure. flowing. They got spice flowing. You're telling me they haven't talked to these guys already? They don't have a deal that's like, hey, we keep the money going if you keep the spice flowing, right? They had that whole saying. When he's like, you guys aren't going to make a better deal, they're like, idiot, we already did a like, long like, time ago. And there's, and, and you know, it's one of those things like you watch, I jokingly compared it to The Godfather before, which is not really a fair comparison, but like <laughs> every move in The Godfather makes sense. Why would any of these other syndicates side with him in anything? Number one, he's new to the game. So his power isn't as consolidated as anybody. So what is in it for them? Number two, the spice, the spice traders, the spice gang is offering them a lot of money and long-term stability. What is Boba Fett offering them? If anything, he has made the argument, which we don't see, I'm going to be a good ruler and consolidate everything and everything's going to be great for everybody if I'm in charge. But like, even if they believed his word, how do you fucking back that up? It's right? very, it's very shake Rivera of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, you know, and he says he wants to rule through respect. And I immediately was like, oh no, they're going to Disney him. But, and I'm jumping ahead, but I thought we would see uh, a lot of instances of him struggling with this. Um, I don't, I think it's episode one or episode two when that gang with those shields pushes him a little bit in a circle and he and Fennec Shan have to fight until the pigs come out and help him. Somehow they make a difference in the fight. And they start the bad guys with the shields start to escape. And Boba Fett just blasts one of the rocket. Compelling. Because now you're showing me he wants to rule with respect, but he's also gonna give in to some anger. And that's the Boba Fett we know, right? But how many other instances of that was there in the whole series? Right. And it's interesting because when we get into the second episode, we really see the political nature of this. Um I love that we saw some huts, and the huts were good. Sure, they the looked twins. good. Cool yeah. characters. Yeah, yep. we got to see um, the, the twins. We got to see, oh, Max Rebo, my favorite Star Wars character, not only one, survived the hut uh, sail barge. again. Yeah, survived the, the, the sail barge explosion. He survives multiple explosions this, this show. Um, I fucking love me some Max Rebo, so it was great to see him again. Um, Frigger Did and Dan, anyone think he looked skinnier? I thought he looked skinnier this time. He, he'd been on a diet, man. That dude's been working out. He'd been lifting a little bit. He's like, you know, after he I had, survived like, a near-death experience on the barge, like, and he's like, I'm going to work on me. life together. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do me. You know what I think it was? I, I This is literally what it is. I think they turned it into a, like a two- or three-piece costume instead 
of this giant one piece foam yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so at least somebody could take off the hat and be like, oh God, I can breathe. I'm going to say that he went to a Max reboot camp and then just like <laughs> worked himself out. You know, he was fucking kettlebelling all the time. <laughs> uh, so we got to see Max Rebo and I was like, okay, you won me back from my, my, my skepticism of the first episode has now been won back with little Max Rebo. Uh, we got to meet the Huts, which was awesome. We saw a uh, fucking Cassantin, uh, Cassantin, Black Cassantin, one Chrysanthemum. of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, yeah, that's what I kept calling him was Cassantin, <laughs> Black Cassantin, uh, played by Carrie Jones, and mm-hmm. I know Carrie Jones because uh, he works for K and B Makeup Effects Company. He is like he's like the general man, like he runs he runs the shops day to day, and I've met him multiple times, and he's just a really tall dude. And they're like, hey, we need a really tall dude who can like do Wookie stuff, and he was like. <gasps> he's like, dude, and then and he's in it, and it's so weird because it's his eyes, and I'm like, I know that yeah, guy, yeah. and it's like just to see somebody, and he just he killed it. That I thought he was a great actor. It was how I mean, guys, how cool was it to see a fucking Wookie ripping? Like, we should have seen him rip someone's arms off, but how cool that we saw a Wookie fighting, and because you think like Chewbacca's got to be able to take five or six stormtroopers hand to hand, right? Easy. Yeah. Yeah. It was great to finally kind of see that, but like, okay. But I get to, I and finally, Kyle, and Kyle yeah. you wrote me about it. Like, you know that he premiered in the comic books, right? Yeah, he premiered. I think it was the uh, Marvel comic uh, Darth Vader issue number one. And it came that came out in like 2015. I'm not a very big comic book person, so I don't know too much into that lore. But that's what I saw in my research. And, and yeah, it was. He's been in a bunch of comics, but mm-hmm. yeah, like this show, the comics, I thought, in my opinion, were ho-hum. And his adventures in him were ho-hum. But we've seen many Wookiee characters throughout the book series and the comic series and the cartoons. But I feel like he was a cool character. Again, a little bit of mystery. We don't know too much about him. He's a gladiator that became a, b- a bounty hunter. He looks badass. And oh, I know in the comics, yeah, they have this badass. air like of Boba Fett where like when you hear his name, you're like, oh, shit, is he after me? Like yeah. you're worried because he will fuck you up. And I feel like the show did deliver on that premise, right? He, he delivered. That was a character that didn't disappoint. And again, this sh- this whole series, this limited series, had so many high points and low points for me where I'd be like, ah, and then it'd be like, here comes killer-ass bounty hunter Wookiee, Chrysanthemum, kicking ass, and I'm like, yes, yes! When he breaks in and kicks like all these little synthoids' asses and is like whooping naked Boba Fett's ass, I was like, this is some Wookiee shit I came for. Thank you for Ugh, delivering I, on some Wookiee shit. They should have rounded that gang out with some fodder, though, and had him just fucking destroy half the gang. Yeah. Because it's like five or six teenagers jumping on his back while naked Boba, naked wet Boba Fett is slipping around all over the place. If you put Benny Hill music over that scene, it would have worked, you know? <laughs> Think about it. But I will say this. The dream that Boba Fett is having before he gets his ass whooped by Black Chrysanthemum <laughs> is one of the coolest scenes I in Star Wars in a long time. The train. I'm talking about the train here. So he has this dream. It's a past, you know, a, a reliving his memories in the past where he is teaching the Tusken Raiders how to use speeder bikes and how to fight the Pike Syndicate by doing an old school Western train mm-hmm. raid. Yeah. It is the great train ra- robbery of Star Wars. And it was so Fucking cool. It was cool. It was cool. It was well done. So what do you think, Kyle? Are you what, on uh Yeah, what do we know about the Pike Syndicate? The- yeah, what do we, uh, tell me about the Pike Syndicate a little bit. Do we do we know okay. more about them? Yeah, the Pike Syndicate was it came out in the Clone Wars, the animated series. 
and they were in there a bunch of times and uh you know they're they're the crime lords that involve uh mining the spice on uh kessel i believe it is so um they were this alien race that just owns the spice and is in the you know the crime lord syndicate that nobody can really uh touch them and stuff like that so uh in this series it looked like that was going to be the big bad from the moment that we saw him on that train raid where they finally stopped them in the middle of the desert and they pulled a you know like you said a western train heist which was pretty crazy because you know it was kind of like boba fett was like the, the cowboy that was kind of lost and these tuscan raiders were the indians and then so boba fett's trying to train the tuscan raiders how to take down a train like that that has all these weapons and is moving fast through their their land because at the very end of it he tells the um the pikes that this belongs to the tuscan raiders it's always been to uh, belonging to the Tuscan Raiders, this is their land. So anytime you want to pass, you're not going to pass freely. You got to, you know, pay your share to be able to pass through these dunes. So I thought that was pretty cool that he was, Boba Fett was still taking charge, but at the same time he was doing it like not in a savage way, like like how we kind of pictured he was going to be in this series, but he kind of took it a back seat and was more the respectful way because he learned it probably from these Tuscan Raiders that. Respect will get you further than just wiping out a entire tribe. Well, and this one's called the Tribes of Tatooine. Again, a lot of tribal right. imagery, mm-hmm. you know, really, really rounding out the Tusken Raiders in a way that I thought was so cool because, you know, again, in the original ones, they're just literally savages, ah, you know, these monsters of the wasteland. And then and then the Mandalorian really made them feel like a fleshed out, you know, native peoples. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you could draw a lot of similarities to Native American imagery as the way they, they're a nomadic tribe and some of the way, you know, their spiritual uh, you know, very kind of, dances with wolves. Very dances with wolves. You know what I mean? For sure. And like, that's fine. That's a great trope for this uh, he goes uh, on this trippy like spirit quest oh yeah gets that, gets yeah. that like put this lizard in your nose bro <laughs> he's like oh man i didn't know we were doing lizards tonight oh, oh, oh dang oh man i haven't done lizards since college man oh. <laughs> it's like oh this one's kicking in already so he has to go down and like we get like the oceans from where he was born or grown or however <laughs> over boba planet was. planet camino yeah camino was, uh, yeah the waves camino of camino yeah, form. watch Django Fett fly away. Bye. Yep. Bye. Um, Don't see, get your head I cut thought off. the Pike Syndicate was uh, it had its roots in the '80s cartoon and toy series Dino Riders because if you look up those action figures, they were small. Remember? And I, Kyle, I don't. You might be younger than us, so you might not remember these. But if you look up Dino Riders, there were two action figures. One was a snake head, and one was like an ant head. If you marry those two together. You get a pike. Everyone look it up right now. And they look just what? the fucking same. And I could not unsee that, especially when they have their helmets on. Like the leader of the pike syndicate always had a face. Everyone right. else had a helmet on like we see them in the Clone Wars, um, the Clone Wars cartoon series. Well, they and were I marrying the image from the comic book and the image from the Clone Wars because there was a there was a, a split there. Like in the comic books, we saw them without helmets on. They're fish people. But in the Clone Wars, they had the helmets on. They're like, Ugh. so then they're like, no, 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 that isn't their face. It's a helmet. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, right, right. That's <laughs> um, hilarious. Dino Rider, they, they ripped him off. I thought it was fun. That was a good that was a good episode. That was fun for that. Um, 
I, I thought that, that that episode, I think, it was super solid for me. That one really, really... Um, the first one left me like, ah, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this. The second one was like, okay, okay, I, I could be on board for this. I actually I actually think they're doing a good job. It's the third one that really swept my legs out of just like, right, oh, we'll start- no. Go, go yes. into throw us out, throw us out the the summary of it. Uh, so, the important points in chapter we'll, three: we'll the streets of Mos Espa. Um, th- these cyborg kids show up and they're stealing water, and they suck. And they have these shitty bikes that suck. And no, they're cool bikes. No, they're not, they're not Star Wars, but they're like Naboo, <laughs> Naboo Power Ranger fun models. Uh, the Vespas. bikes. Uh, I, I see Kyle shaking his head. Do we have any sort of basis for these guys in anything else? No, nothing in anything else. The, what they're trying to emulate is what I found out through my research is, I guess there was a biker gang in the UK back in the 60s, and they were called the Mods, Modifications. And they they rode these colorful Vespas, just like how they were in this episode. So what they did is they took that idea and they put it in the show. So all these mods, these teenager uh, Vespa riders, right? looked out of place in this because everything's desert looking, you know, gray sand color looking. And all of a sudden you got these rainbow colored Vespas that are <laughs> cruising down the streets of Masesba, right? Not like a Cadillac in your six four, but yeah. Well, Anyways, but on, um, but but on was top just- of that, like <laughs> they must've waxed the shows because they were impervious to dust. They weren't dusty. They right. weren't dirty. They didn't look like they, like, I don't mind if they're colorful. I don't mind if they're ridiculous. Like, because I, I am looking at pictures here. You, because you said that, this is actually very interesting. The mods, and there's literally a picture, and she has, like, this guy has, like, 90 uh, headlights on his car, and this person has a million little, like, rear view side things. So, so seeing that makes sense. But in the sense of Star Wars, they didn't make it fit. It felt so out of place. And then whenever they drove around, it didn't look good. You have so much money to make huts look good and rancors look good and and all this space stuff, but you can't make a a, a Vespa move correctly. Like we have one of the worst chase scenes I've ever seen filmed in this episode where they're chasing this Twelic guy around and it's like the slowest, most like again throw some benny hill music on it would fit right in they're going through fruit carts they're smashing through paintings of, J- of job of the hut and you're like what is happening you- ralph mcquarrie paintings ralph of McQuarrie, yeah. the hut, right exactly but then that was also egg, yeah. the top down shots i can see off the set i can literally see <laughs> off the set i can see that it's a facade and i'm like I work in VFX. I fix that shit all the time. Oops, we saw off the set. We better fix. You have so much fucking money. How are you not just fixing the set that I can see off of? Well, it's like you get it's easy to nitpick stuff, right? But I'm thinking like overall, first of all, if those bikes looked like Luke's land speeder in a new hope, ding it up, get the paint off, mod it, make it badass, but mod it in that world. If these kids have these beautiful bikes, and I've read some stuff that said they were homages to American graffiti and hot rods and stuff, and all that's fine, but why would, you know, derelict punk kids who are stealing water have these gorgeous bikes? I mean, off the top of my head, make them rich kids from a nearby town who come in here and fuck shit up because they can. You could still have the same thing where they confront Boba Fett and for some reason he offers them a job like he offers everybody a job. But like it's not it doesn't like a lot of people say it doesn't look Star Wars. And I agree with that. But it's deeper than that. The whole idea of it doesn't fit in this story about a up and coming crime lord in one of the seediest areas of one of the dirtiest planets. 
I'm why, looking. Like, why would any of this happen? I'm looking at the actual pictures of the 1960s mods. They look cooler and more Star Wars than they did in Star Wars. <laughs> These things look beat up. They look punk. They look gnarly. Like they literally are scavenging garbage from Rex to put right. it on their bike and make it look cool. This looks more Star Wars than that did. How can you pull that off? Right. How like like how did you mess that up? That it that it looked too clean. It didn't look like it fit in the junky world. Like if they were just scavenging junk like Jawas and like building these bitchin like scooters, fucking cool. But like literally I'm looking right. at ones that look way cooler than the ones you we know, had in the show. It's almost like when you watch Phantom Menace and you're like none of this looks like Star Wars. You know, and you can make that argument or make an argument against it, but we all I felt that way, right? Yeah. It's almost like if you were to take, now follow me here, a Naboo starfighter and put it in this world, you'd be like, that looks out of place. But at least, you know, jumping ahead, when they do that, mm -hmm. they modded the shit out of it so right. that it fit in this universe. This is like taking some episode one shit and shoving it in. And the thing is, there's no context for it. Like I said, if you could make them like the, the, the socias from Outsiders, you know, the rich kids, that at least is a context for them to have these nice bikes. You got to make it work, but at least it's an idea. This is just like, oh, there's these good bikers who have good bikes and, and, and robot parts that really don't come into that much of a play. Like, it's not important. Okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> it, it, it felt like they were just fill, fill, uh, filibuster character, right? Just a fill character yeah. for the episode. And yeah. they didn't really serve a significant purpose other than the fact that Boba Fett wanted him, them to join so he could build his army for himself and to take over, you know, Tatooine and make sure that everybody respects him. This, that yeah, was, that this was the really, premises of it. This isn't really, it should have been called the book of Boba Fett. It should have been called like the Wikipedia of Boba Fett. It's like just some <laughs> of the points and kind of when you read through them, they don't necessarily tie together or make any sort of sense. It's just a broad overview. That's how this series felt. But that this, kid's drinking out of a Boba Fett mug, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mandalorian. Very, very nice. Yeah, but the, the third episode scared me. Literally scared me because I was like, oh, my God. I And look, my wife kept me watching. She goes, it wasn't that bad. I'm kind of into it. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, if she, she has a crush on guys with robot eyes. Yeah, if she had been like, thing. I'm out, I would have been out. I would have been yeah. out. The, episode three was so rough for me, I would have yeah. been out. If it wasn't for like... <laughs> I don't know. It, it, yeah, that 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 well, like you yeah. said, the rancor, right? If it wasn't for the rancor, the coming rancor, in at the very last bit of that episode. Is that episode three or is that episode mm -hmm. four? Well, that's the end of episode three. And end of episode three. That's when you know, like you, we were we were talking about Black Crescent and you know, wakes Boba Fett up from his 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 wet dream. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, at the very end, when Black Chrysanthemum couldn't even you know kill Boba Fett and. And the huts come back to retrieve a sleeping them. Boba Fett. A sleeping Boba Fett, yeah. And uh, the huts come back. The twin huts come back to uh, you know take them back. And Boba's like, "Here's your here's your assassin that was trying to kill me, but failed." And then they're like, "Oh well, here's our gift for trying to kill you, but not kill you." And yeah, here you go. Here's leaving. a rancor with Danny Trejo as your rancor keeper. Fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> fucking I was awesome on board for that. That was fine. Yep. And look. The Rancor looked great. Like, um, I know a lot of it is is there's a full-size Rancor head, there's a puppet Rancor that they had, and mm -hmm. some other uh, Rancor pieces, but, like, 
it looked great and CGI. It looked awesome. They did a great job with it. Danny Trejo, even though he's only in that one episode, great to see him. And like that again, when I saw that, I was like, everybody keeps giving Boba Fett shit for not having a litter, like people carrying him in on a rickshaw or something. And I was like, that dude's going to ride in on a Rancor. (laughs) And if he doesn't ride on a Rancor, I'm done with the show. I'm just like, I'm going to shit all over it again. They delivered on the Ride the Rancor promise, so I guess I love so it. Where, which episode, three or four, is it where Danny Trejo explains that Rancors are an emotional creature and you can bond with them? Was that three that would or four? Be episode four, because episode three, I think they just had brought the Rancor in. That was like the end of that. Right, that, and he was he was tied to the episode. you know the barge, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so yes, episode somewhere four, in there. Yeah. Episode, yeah, episode four, four, they have uh, Danny Trejo. Uh, a, a rancor with blinders on and Boba Fett are standing talking about the rancor talking with Danny Trejo and Danny Trejo explains that they're fierce fighters. They're used as gladiator beasts. And you know, these witches once rode them and it's allusions to video games and comic books in the clone wars. It's awesome. It's great. And part of me is like, I just like it when it's a monster in a pit. I don't necessarily need an emotional bond. But then you think about the Rancor Keeper in Return of the Jedi comes running in crying. And you're like, you know what? Okay, I'm okay with bonding. And then like it bonds with the first human it sees. Right. Uh, Okay. But like, okay, where are we going with this? Now, this is for me the fulcrum of the entire series. Because they could have done something at this exact moment that would have sold me so hard. It would have erased every bullshit that had happened so far that I was counting against them. There had been a conversation before this where Fennec Shand and Boba Fett were talking about twins. And she said, do you really think they're just going to leave off planet? Do you trust them? And he said, I don't trust them. They're going to do what's best for them. They're going to let everyone else fight it out and come in at the end. Totally makes sense. It's the first fucking Godfather-like thing he said. Now, these people, these crime lords, these seasoned crime lords who have already tried to kill him are now giving him this pretty bitchin' birthday present that is a man-eating beast. Yes? Yes. Danny Trejo, who Boba Fett doesn't know. It's not like they used to fight together or anything. Yeah. He comes in and gives him this whole line about rancors are emotional and they're going to bond with the first person they want to see. Boba Fett's like, hook, line, and sinker. I, I want to do that. I want to pet him. I'm going to pet him while we're talking and I'm going to ride him. And I was like, they are going to make this a assassination plot. Danny Trejo is lying through his teeth. He's going to take off those blinders. This rancor is going to go fucking ape shit. Boba Fett's going to have to push it into submission. Same with Danny Trejo and earn that Rancor ride. And I was like, that's going to be fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Now think about it for, for a second. How cool would that have been in the entire context of what's happening? You now have these crime lords who have now for the second time tried to assassinate and take advantage of the new crime lord who's trying to do things his own way. He has to, you know, don't kill the Rancor, push it down into submission, make that thing respect you. That whole emotion line is bullshit. You have to be the master. Now he's proven to the other crime lords not to fuck with me because I single-handedly in a dungeon beat a Rancor. Right? Wow. That and would also be fucking ties awesome. into the conversation that has just happened about do you trust the twins? No, I don't because they're fucking crime lords. Yeah, but they literally sent him a Rancor to which literally is the thing that stops everything else from the plan from working for the huts. 
later. Right. <laughs> it, why would they? You are a crime lord family. Why would you give him a fucking rancor? It makes no sense. Especially uh, if, like yeah. Boba Fett predicts, they're just going to try to double cross him later. Why would you give him such a cool present anyway? For me, they that put them behind so far because to me it made so much sense well, that's the thing to do that episode three sucked and it really was a uh, detriment to what we were trying to do what we wanted to see what we wanted to hear but episode four was like hey forget all that shit let's do a massive flashback flashback episode where he goes and gets his ship which we shall not be allowed to say its name yeah <laughs> I'm fine with that. Are you guys fine uh, with that? I was. I, no. I don't care. Yeah. What? No. You don't like it? Uh, uh, you want them to say? I mean, I always liked them to say "slave one." That's what it was called. Yeah. I mean, that was what it was called in the original series, and you know, and even I think, well, I don't know. In the Mandalorian, I don't think did he call it "slave one," or we just assumed that we're like, oh, it's "slave one," but I don't yeah, think never un, unnamed, I don't think unnamed. It. And yeah. in this, he calls it his fire spray gunship a couple times, Correct. but I thought it was organic. I don't think he was like, I have to go get my fire ship gun spray like i think he was saying <laughs> fire spray but i think he yeah. was saying it organically enough i'm okay with it i get why they don't want to do it i'm kind of like guys come on yeah. it's a fucking movie and they made it so many years ago and like well also i didn't know that was the bad word i thought doing that thing was the bad word. <laughs> like, yeah, we can't say slave yeah he wasn't using it yeah. to enslave people you well, know it's he wasn't a slaver yeah i suppose i don't Ugh. know it's 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 a weird thing but okay fine i i understand if you don't want your package to have that word on there that's kind of like i don't know would it, you put it on your package <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> so we get to see him break in and steal his ship back and it's a bitching I, scene and it, it kind of is like hey we know the last episode kind of sucks so we're making up for it with this bitch and fight scene and i'm like okay um, but it's not progressing the story what about any way shape, when they're or sneaking around the kitchen and like fighting robots and that's fine but then yep and then they're sneaking and they're like oh no that little rabbit robot's running around catch it so it can be in a scene later at our house for some reason he catches that robot and like takes it back i was like this is that fucking transformer the scene in the first transformers movie where the tra where the autobots are like dancing and hiding around the house while the parents don't know i was like why is boba fett fucking around with a little robot and he's like, he picks up the robot. Do you know who I am? Yeah, because you keep taking off your fucking helmet and telling everybody you're Boba Fett. He says, there's advantages to be to people thinking you're dead. I'm Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Hey, Boba Fett's here. Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Even he, did you see that Tamora actually had an interview where he said, I think I talk too much. I think I have my helmet off too much. I was trying to give my lines to Fennec Shan because I shouldn't be talking so much. No, anyway, he should be. Yeah, yeah. He should be way more stoic than he is. And it was he like. He shouldn't be chasing robot rabbits. <laughs> Look, I like yeah. the robot. The kitchen robot was kind of cool. The rabbit robot was a little silly, but the kitchen robot with the, with the machetes, sure, did, like the I'm meat cleavers, that. that's cool. Um, but like it, him stealing back his ship and f fighting their way out of there and then being like, First order business. I'm gonna fucking um, never ending story. These bullies. He fucking steals that thing and goes and shoots up the 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 biker gang. Fucking cool. <laughs> now that's one of those things that like when he wrist rocketed that dude. You're like, okay, so you are still the same Boba Fett. You're trying to evolve into this respected leader, but you're still showing people not to fuck with you sometimes. But like, okay, fine. We get to see how he saved Fennec Shan's life with cybernetics. 
he goes to the mod parlor and we see the 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 guy who does the mods is fucking thundercat now i know you guys aren't like huge um jazz bassist uh producer fans but thundercat is part of the west coast get down and a huge like uh producer in the world of like beats and jazz and all sorts of stuff he's he's awesome so it was cool that he was there if but it also was Lion-O, like i would be more impressed <laughs> <laughs> thundercat if he had that that wrist thing and he went he went thunder shing, thunder shing, thunder cats. <laughs> Uh, but he had he had a fun little like inspector gadget arm so okay uh, but you know he fixed Fine. her up that's cool um, and then you know they steal the ship that's cool they blow the fucking shit out of the speeder bike gang that's cool then he goes back to the, the to the to the Sarlacc pit he's like armor armor are you there armor and the and the, and the Sarlacc pit's like blah, blah, blah. he's like doo, 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 doo. armor are you, st- are you down there well, this is like he like it's the equivalent of like when you're in a horror movie and the the, the yep. beast gets stabbed or shot or knocked down and one of the main characters puts their face right up to the <laughs> possibly dead werewolf and everyone in the theater is like first of all either kill it more or leave don't do what you're doing second of all you don't lean in face first into the werewolf so this unnamed fire spray gunship <laughs> is now lowering face first into the maw of the great pit of Garkood to like what did he hope he would see the armor right there. Now, also, like, like, wait, I mean, he goes, wait, let me turn the flashlight on. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, you respectful gangster. Also, as you said, it has a name, the Great Pit of Carcoon. He literally went and destroyed like a national like monument. <laughs> like he like went to Yellowstone. That's the equivalent of me driving my car up to Yellowstone National Park right up Getting to the stuck. Getting stuck in it. In the geyser, getting stuck in what what is it, Old Faithful, Old getting Faithful. stuck in it, and then like throwing a grenade down You're and being like, suck it. it. <laughs> suck it. Or no, the best is if you got stuck in it and then made an extra hole to get out. And then you went back and blew it up. And they were like, why'd you do that? And you're like, I thought my hat would be in there. <laughs> Major plot hole, too, for me, because why would you think it would be in there? Yeah. You knew you got out with it. Did you think? Right. Like, what did you think happened to it? Like, that makes yeah. If you think about it, it's almost maddening because it makes absolutely no sense of why you would think that would fall in. Like, like my three-year-old son would be like, no, that. why would that be in there? No, right. li- literally, he didn't. I didn't need a reason for him to go back. He could be like, I'm going to fuck this biker gang up first, and then I'm going to shoot the fucking star yeah, like sh- in the yeah, face. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Like, this is just a spite mission. I'm going to start yeah. being a respectful gangster tomorrow. Right? Like today, <laughs> I'm strafing a biker gang and I'm shooting a monster in the face. Right in his mouth. That's my fucking right signet now. Put that on here. I want you to put a fucking great pit of carcoon with no face. <laughs> hey, but but the the sad part was it wasn't even Boba Fett that killed the Sarlacc. It was Fennec Shan who yeah. freaking pushed the button to drop the freaking right. the photon uh, uh, bomb and it it did the whole you know episode one where it just boom and it yeah blew it cool up from she, inside she out is so, more yeah. boba fett than him he just keeps yeah. being like hey can you get that for me hey can you get that for me hey they exactly. enter a meeting and she's like uh we shouldn't do that because they're crime bosses he's like okay let's keep an eye on it thanks for your input yeah so he hires chrysanthemum and then has this banquet where all these like crime bosses are like uh yeah we don't really want to fuck up the pike syndicate he's like okay okay all i'm asking you is to not like turn against me when I go fight them, and they're like, 
Yeah, sure. But they're sure. All, like, literally, literally no, nobody in that room is like, you can't see them all like looking at each other and like being like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Spider face looks at lizard yeah. face, looks at dog face. And they're yeah. like, uh, <laughs> okay. They all have their fingers crossed under the table. They're just yeah, like, yeah, right. uh, just kidding. Uh, yeah, sure. I give you my word. As a crime lord, <laughs> you know, all right. But remember, you promised. <laughs> okay, he literally should have dropped them all to the rancor all at that moment. Yeah, yep. yes, that yes. would have been that would have been the Boba Fett thing, being like, yeah. "I just wanted you guys," and they're like, "Why did you bring us here to feed us if you're just going to kill us?" He's like, "Oh, I wasn't feeding you. I was feeding." There's the my fucking rancor. line yeah. right there. Yeah. We just saved this series twice today. <sighs> See, but, we should all be writers for the show because that, that that would have saved everything for the first four episodes of that show. Would have been dropping all those those lords into the pit. The rancor eats them. Boom. Move on. Let's go to the huts now. You know, right? And and but, but like the war would already have been on. They but yeah. then you still get everything that happens later. Right. Killing those dudes first doesn't stop anything. It's just him trying to be like, no, I'm I'm going to do it differently. Great. Okay, fine. <laughs> <sighs> but, so, but Can anyway. You imagine, like, just wait, time out for a second. You have fucking a Trandoshan, the, two, the three Trandoshan crime lords go back to the Trandoshan lair, and they're like, so what happened? He's like, well, first we had hors d'oeuvres, and Matt Berry was 88, not torturing droids, but I don't know, like a butler consigliere now? Like, oh, but what happened with the meeting? He asked us not to fight him. Okay, and then what happened? He has a rancor now? Okay, but then what happened? Dessert? Like, yeah, what? Like, oh, wait. What did he offer us? Come nothing. to think of it, nothing. nothing. He didn't say shit about why we should do that. And we were like, no, we're 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 not gonna help you. And then he was like, okay, but just don't hurt me. And we were like, uh, okay. <laughs> he's like, he yeah, essentially but- said, I'll be your friend. And they were like, no. And he's like, all right, well, don't tell on me. And they were like, <laughs> okay. But we literally, literally already told on him. Yeah, I know. That's the funniest part about it. <laughs> Do you think those three crime lords were texting each other later that night? Be like, oh my god, dog face. The look on your face when he said that. <laughs> like a week before this they were having the same dinner with the pike syndicate and having a grand old time and then they're like <laughs> yeah like like they they get the invitation come to jabba's palace for, for hors d'oeuvres and they're like at the pike syndicate being like oh like yeah, the pike syndicate was like if you do not side with boba fett we will let you cut in on 10 percent on the spice trade we will reimburse you for this and this and we will promise you a long and prosperous trade where we will further like Okay. This okay. is acceptable. I abide. <laughs> yeah. I abide. Like, but are you going to go, like, dude? Yeah. Are you going to go, dude? Texted. Are you going to go? Yeah. I mean, I guess I have to. I, I mean, to I, I at least want to see the inside of the palace. I want to see what he's done with the place. Spider face texted them after. He's like, I totally fucked up his upstairs bathroom, too. <laughs> I left an upper decker. Yes. <laughs> Spider dukes are the worst. Ask the Bamar monks. <laughs> I love that we got some Bamar monks in the uh, cool. I mean, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's a good Whatever. it's a good All one. Right. So, oh god. So after episode four, I'm like, man, I you know, episode four definitely made up for some of episode three in some respects, but I'm still on the fence. 
And they're like, okay, guys, okay, we promise we'll make it up to you in the next episode. And you're like, oh, yeah? How the fuck are you going to do that? And they're like, because it's a Mandalorian episode. And I was like, okay, well played, Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> so episode five, literally called Return of the Mandalorian. They're like, you guys miss me yet? He shows up and immediately fucks up some dog faces. And it's awesome. 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 Fucking up those dog faces with the dark saber. Until he cuts himself on accident. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you don't get any room to laugh. I've seen you play with a lightsaber and whack yourself in the face. So we've all done it. We've all done it. Anyone who's picked up a toy lightsaber has whacked themselves somewhere on their body yep. at some point. So yep. you can't give him shit. You can't give him shit. It's stupid. You don't want him to, to happen. He's but covered in armor and should have been practicing. And like, I get that they go into that. And I. Again, it's not the flavor I want, but I like that they addressed it and I like that they talked about it. I thought later on he's explained or him and the um, the forger. What's her name? Not the forger. The armor. The armor. The armor are talking about the forger is the one who makes like the fake checks for the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> the armor she's behind, is explaining. She's behind the scenes right now. She, she's not shown. <laughs> I like that he explains that it, it feels like it gets heavier as I use it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I like that. Tell me more about that. That's interesting. But I, then she, you know, they're talking about it and she's like, you know, the fucking, you know, if you get them, if you win it in battle, you're the ruler. Some idiot gives it to you. Curse. Okay. I, again, you're, you're giving me more. And Kyle, I feel like this is like your gate, your jam right here. Cause you're our fucking Mandalorian expert. The right? only reason I know who Possibly is is because of yeah, you, Kyle. So right, yeah. when he was there, I was like, eh, it's Possibly. And Kate's like, <laughs> you don't know that shit. And I was like, okay, all right. I heard it on my podcast. My friend Kyle told me. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, my friend yeah, told you wanna, me about this guy. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Kyle, and the flashbacks and stuff that we see in this episode? Yeah, so in that episode, you know, we see Possibly, which I believe I remember Matt saying that his name was Brian. Beefcake Brian from uh, our episodes beforehand. So <laughs> Big Beefcake Brian is back, That's right. <laughs> but AKA Paz who's a, who's voiced by um, who's voiced by John Favreau again, and uh, the armor. So as you see, the armor's still there. They're trying to redo their covenant because they're the only two that are left from when they left. Uh, uh, <clears throat> oh, I forgot the planet's name. Um, Tatooine 2 from the Mandalorian. Yeah, Tatooine 2. There yeah. you go. We'll call it that for now. Um, but yeah, so it's just two of them left. And, you know, um, uh, the armor is trying to teach uh, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, how to wield the Darksaber because he's saying that the Darksaber is getting heavier with every time that he uses it. And she's like, well, you're not letting the blade, uh, <clears throat> you're not letting the uh, the blade teach you. You're trying to wield right. it with with uh you know with your strength and so um she's actually counting to him in mandalorian i don't know if you guys caught that he was she was saying like one two three four but it was in the mandalorian um, damn i didn't realize you spoke mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> no i <laughs> it was something that was brought up and i saw like a lot of um uh youtube things and uh, i researched it so yeah she was speaking to him in mandalorian language so um also you know, at the at that time, now that the dark saber was was in the possession of the covenant again, Paz Vizsla, you could kind of see when it was being passed from from Mando to Paz to the armor that Paz looks at it. It's because it's it was in his family first with Terra Vizsla, 
and then pre Vizsla. So it, it just brings it full circle. So he's like, this, this dark saber should be in my possession. This should be mine yeah. to wield, not yours. So he ends up dueling Mando on this bridge. They take off their jetpacks, which is, <laughs> I don't know why anybody would take off their jetpacks. I mean, there's, and you know, your death is going to be going over instead of being, you know, I just killed love, by the like, dark saber. If you rewind to the beginning of that scene, I love that they decided to fucking train with this heavy sword that we know he can't cut his own. He can't help but cut his own leg off. You're training on a catwalk over space. <laughs> there, I think Disney okay. was just like, "What can we do with make this the coolest thing ever? Let's do it over nothing." Sure, and it's cool. It, like it's a yeah. good, a great atmosphere. But I'd be like, uh, "Like, can you imagine learning how to drive like on top of a building?" You're like, um, <laughs> "There's not a lot of room for like curve for learning here." Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was it was just funny. And they have a duel. And so, uh, you know, Mando goes and strikes and then Paz Vizsla throws him onto the other platform. Kind of like how it was when the uh, Emperor, or not Emperor, Darth Vader threw Luke. Hey, nice, nice shorts, Matt. Yeah, man. <laughs> Where, where'd your camera go? <laughs> oh, anyways. Um, and to plug something in, so I figured I'd give everyone a show. I guarantee you that's you what you just saw here. If you're watching the YouTube, it's better than anything you saw in seven episodes of this show. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Except for episode seven itself, which is the only reason why the show still has my respect. Mm, <laughs> no, this is a good episode, though. Like, So, so yeah, he, he beats... It. Mando wins, but sure. sort of. And then he's like, <laughs> she's like, the, the the armor is like, yeah, but did you take your helmet off? And it's like that moment from the, the, the great meme with Anakin. Yeah, but did you take your helmet off? Did you take your helmet off? He's like, yeah. She's like, well, guess you can't be be a Mando anymore. And he's like, what? Come on. She's like, well, you got to go. You got to go cleanse yourself in the cooling waters of Lake Minnetonka. And he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Where's that? Where's that? Where do I got to go? Um, <laughs> a Purple Rain reference for those of you, for the Prince fans out there. Um, There's so a you, lot of overlap between those two worlds, those two fandoms. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting though. I, I do want to bring up something before we get too far away. This has my favorite shot in any of the the Mandalorian, and so and here's how it goes. After he kills Matt, <laughs> that shot, <laughs> camera up, dude. Literally has the coolest shot, and it's the best use of this LED screen that we've had in any of the series. And this is what it was. He has the head of the bounty. He's walking down this platform. He gets in an elevator. A glass elevator so we see it move up he comes out of the elevator walks in goes down drops the head on a table the camera rotates around the table in one continuous shot he tells him you know i don't want to hang out and party i'm fucked up because i cut my own leg up with a lightsaber walks back to to the elevator it goes down and walks out and goes and goes on all yeah. in one continuous shot and they did that with the led screen and it's even more brilliant because when he's in the glass elevator because it's a glass elevator there's ripples in distortion in the glass that had to be baked into the LCD screen because the elevator isn't moving. The screen is projecting movement mm. and they must be changing the set literally just off frame, changing the set to the, to what he has to walk past again. Brilliant use of this technology. And it blew my mind. And I was like, Oh no, my God, it's one continuous shot. Oh, man. Watch it. The use, yeah. the use of the LCD screen is so cool. And Kate's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, because oh. I get so pumped about continuous shots and nobody else notices it. I'm like, oh, they haven't cut. They haven't cut. It's still going. It's one continuous shot. 
so fucking cool. And this is a Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Mm-hmm. And her episodes in The Mandalorian were also stellar. She is yeah, really turning out to be a great director. director. Pretty yeah. good. I thought she, in both shows, she's done a really good job, I thought. Killing it. Um, so, so basically he could, uh, Mandalor- to get back to it, Mandalorian, uh, gets kicked out of the, the little group. <laughs> They're like, we're trying to gather our group back together and I'm going to kick one of you out. <laughs> so he's like, well, I guess I got to go figure I got to go find a ship. She makes him something for Grogu, uh, out of, out of the, the Beskar spear. Uh, she makes him a cute little package, a little 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 handkerchief package that looks. She was like, like "Let Grogu. me wrap it up like his head. What is it? What does his head look like?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and because he can't, his ship's blown up. He has to take commercial jet. <laughs> Which is cool. I like and I like the idea of like looking at how a commercial airliner in Star Wars works. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Kind of brought you back to like space tours from Disney. Yeah, yeah, like, Star Tours, like, right? Here you go. Load everybody in. Yep. Load everybody out. You can't bring your weapons on. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, like that. He's like, well, okay, I'll give you my weapons, which we've already covered as my religion, and I also have this sword that, if it's possible, makes me the ruler of my entire religion and planet. But also, there's like some mystical bullshit about it. Suitcase here. Check that. <laughs> Check that. Check that. Um. Uh, a funny aside, I, I work with this guy who um, makes it very clear how he feels about the pandemic and mask <laughs> mandates and whatnot. He makes it very clear that he does not like wearing a mask or being told what to do. And yet he loves Star Wars and he has a shirt and it's the Mandalorian helmet and it has the guns on it, it says guns are part of my religion, which is very on brand for this guy. And I was like, <laughs> that shirt's also funny because wearing a mask is also part of his religion. He's like... <laughs> Shut up, shut up, dude. Shut up. It's a cool shirt. Shut up. I love it. <laughs> it. It is a cool shirt, dude, but <laughs> kind of ironic that you're That's wearing awesome. it. That's awesome. Hilarious. Uh, and I got to say it in front of all his cool friends. Um, nice. So, so yeah, the Mandalorian goes back to Tatooine to hook up with somebody who can get him a ship, and it's Pelimoto, who, um, Amy Sedaris, who is one of, <sighs> well, she was one of my favorite parts of the Mandalorian and they were like, she's funny. She was funny. She is not funny for entire episodes. She is not right. funny again and again and again. And they're like, she's funny. Let's utilize her way too much. They utilized her way too much. I'm so happy that you said that, especially that you prefaced it with that you liked her in the first. I didn't mind her in Mandalorian. But in this, just like the major domo, she yeah. is grating. Every time she's talking, I'm just like, Please end this dialogue. Please. You're adding nothing to it. You're to the show, to the scene. Matt, you're taking so long. What do you mean? And you're winking at somebody, but I don't know who it is. Like, who is, who loves that Jawa joke that gets brought up two or three times? You she, do really? She banged a Jawa. That's hilarious. Come on. You're not laughing at the bang a Jawa joke? The and first time? And I mean the first time. Yeah, they are hairy. The first <laughs> time she said it, I rolled my eyes. The next three or four times, I was like, come on. Like, first of all, I heard you. And it wasn't funny the first time. Second of all, this is supposed to be a show about Boba Fett. Right. Right now, it's not even a show about little baby, nice, stupid Boba Fett. We're on a whole nother thing. Now, granted, it's the best episode of the series so far. (laughs) But like, uh, we're doing this shit with her now. And pit droids again. Ooh, although I got to say, and this happened in Mandalorian first, my favorite character mm-hmm. of the entire Star Wars universe, R5D4, is her little buddy flipping around doing things. So like, hey, 
Yep. I guess we'll call this sequence a wash because <laughs> R5D4. Yeah. Well, I also, also, did you guys also notice there was another robot that made a first appearance that was never in the Star Wars, you know, uh, show Live action he universe, was, right? but he was in video games. Yep. It was yeah. a BD1 robot. A little that chicken was in, walking guy from yep. the fall. Was it Fallen Order? Fall, Is that Fallen Order? Yeah. Which Fallen awesome. Order. Awesome game. Great. Yeah. I, here's the thing I loved about Fallen Order. It was its own story, but it bridged a gap between the prequels and the you know original trilogy in a way like historically like oh this is where a battle happened and here i am dismantling like old munitions from the prequels from the clone wars and you're like that's interesting so it bridged mm. that stuff together bd1 was a fun part of that game and a really cool thing you know you you have this guy who kind of leads you along the way he's a great tool it kind of helps you figure out where you're going so it's cool to see him but it's also like wait does that mean that guy's dead and and he's not with him anymore like well, what i haven't played happens? the game yet is that robot that we see in Boba Fett, is that the one from the game or is it yes. a similar model? I think she says BD. I think she calls him BD. I think she calls him by name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think even re reading the, the trivia and stuff like that, it, it says it's BD one makes mm. his first appearance on, on the show. But yeah, but the other funny thing is too, with Amy Sedaris, there was a part where Boba Fett was riding the Bantha, remember, back into yeah. Mos Sespa. Mm -hmm. And you see Amy Sedaris passing the, the spiked uh, Stormtrooper helmets. So yep. that is the mirror image of when Pelimoto was walking in Mandalorian past that way. And we didn't see Boba going back the other direction on the other side of that building. But that was the exact moment. Oh, that that I saw yeah. her. But it, so you're saying that they were there at the same time, that same day walking by each other. Correct. That's pretty yes. cool. I didn't realize yeah. that. That's neat. So again, that's, so that's cool. how yeah. they kind of threw it in like that, especially like the same thing when we heard Boba Fett's footsteps for the first time, when he was walking up to uh Fennec Shan to, yeah. to, to save her kind of, and we we're like, Oh, they, they showed it now how, the perspective of in the book of Boba Fett was compared to the Mandalorian. You're like, oh, okay, it was there. It was during this part is when you heard the flash bombs going off from when it was blind Fennec Shand from shooting. Right, right. Yeah, um, that was cool. The too. young bounty hunter and Boba. I'm not Boba. Uh, Din Djarin in the in the dunes. So it was like that moment. You're like, oh shit, that was that time. So it kind of was cool that they were still kind of flashing hints back in this episode called the Return of the Mandalorian. Right. Mm, so, yeah. Um, but Bryce Dallas Howard did a very excellent job of bridging those two shows together, throwing in some of her, her like you said, the, the camera uh, shooting in the beginning. I thought that scene was amazing, too. And some references of like, you know, kind of a little bit of like, uh, <clears throat> I want to say like Jurassic Park-ish kind of type thing, kind of because, you know, her dad was, you know, or she was in Jurassic Park and stuff like that. So she has those elements of surprise. So yeah. that was pretty cool. And I, I thought it stalled out, though, for me, because this is the one where they built his ship, right? Yeah, the N1 yes. Starfighter. He's which like, I want something is it that's Anakin's? this, this, this. I don't no, know. No, that, I that don't ship was an Anakin's. No, okay. they didn't confirm that it was. It was just another N1 Naboo Starfighter ship. Okay. Okay. But like, like, like Matt was... Like Matt was saying in the beginning, sorry, like Matt was saying in the beginning, like, you know, with the mods, how they were saying you could have took those mods and not made them so flashy painted. You could have done what they did with the Naboo N1 Starfighter for this guy where they took off the yellow or they left a little bit of yellow. So you still knew it was a Naboo Starfighter, but most of it was his gray Mandalorian, you know, Beskar steel look where yeah. you could have done that with the mods where you could have had like maybe hints of red on some, but the rest of it was like grayed out or hint of green or hint of blue. But the whole fact that the whole thing on the mods uh, Vespa ships were like 
completely shiny, like you were saying, Aaron. Yeah. It, it just what didn't feel Star Warsy, but this N one Starfighter was actually a cool way for them to bring it back from the first movie, Episode One, but then modify it to fit uh, Mando. Yeah. So. See, now I didn't necessarily. I hate the Phantom Menace. It's my least favorite <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. But like, let, like take that or leave it. <clears throat> I thought it was interesting. And this series, as well as Mando, did a great job of taking these things that were so stupid in other things and making them cool. Like to show the Mandalorian, Din Djarin's memories of the battle droids destroying his town. The battle droids seem formidable. It seems like it was a massacre. It wasn't Roger Roger bullshit. Okay, fine. So now we got this stupid N1. Now we got an N1 starfighter and you're like, okay, fine. There's a, first of all, a giant scene of them working on it together with Amy Sedaris just fucking talking. Stop. But like, okay, so much of this episode is devoted to them fixing this up. How long did that take? It doesn't matter. Fine. I don't, per, I don't particularly personally like episode one or pretty much anything from it, but like, okay, you're taking this and re, you're taking that ship, the design and repurposing it in here. Fine. The problem that I have starts to be contextually and also with the idea of his ship. The Razor Crest was interesting because we never saw the Razor Crest before. The Razor Crest didn't look like any other ship in Star Wars. It was unique to him. It was new. Cool. We've seen the N1 Starfighter before, so it's nothing new. Is it practical for him to use that? No. It's a one-person Starfighter with a pit for an astromech that they converted it into possibly a prisoner containment thing. So you can hold at least one prisoner, whereas the Razor Crest could hold multiple you know, a closet full of hanging carbonite people, yeah. as well as all of his weapons, as well as cargo. It, like, it just seems so impractical that that would be the ship he'd want to use. Fine. By the time they're done modding it, thank God it doesn't look like the N1 Starfighter that we know from episode one. But I think it looks a lot like Grievous's ship in both the shape. Mm. It's got, you know, two front kind of mountain wings that go out to the side. It's gray and looks kind of hot roddy. And it also has some panels and shit missing i'm not saying you can't do that and star wars has you know a hundred ships that we all know it's hard to you know reinvent the wheel every time i just feel like we spent a lot of time establishing all this and for what i thought maybe he would need a very fast ship at some point in this show he doesn't and also it's one of those things like what i'm doing now and you guys are just waiting patiently for me to shut up you're like can we get back to what we're supposed to be talking about I've read a lot of stuff that people were complaining. This is the book of Boba Fett. It should be about Boba Fett. Okay, I get that. But someone else said, if you made a book about my life, you guys, my friends would be in it. So like, it's not just your story. It's the surrounding stories. Okay, I'm fine with that. But this feels like such a huge digression. And you're like, for what? And then when later on Mandalorian does come back in, it's like, did I need to know that him and Amy Sedaris built this ship? No, no, because the whole time we're like, just go find the Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> just exactly. Just, I don't care exactly. how you get there. Just go get Grogu. We do get a fun little nod though when he's up taking it for the test run, and we he runs into some mm -hmm. um, some. And I guess they're not the Rebellion anymore. What do we call them now? The the Republic. The the, the new Republic, Rangers, right? Rangers of the New Republic. The yeah. Rangers of the New Republic, who we saw in The Mandalorian. They're like, hey, you seem really familiar. You didn't uh, get fucked up by ice spiders, cute. did you? Yeah. It was, it was a cute. fun moment. And he like hits yeah. hits the gas, takes the Nas out, and just... It was fun, you know, fine. <laughs> it's cool. But like, again, you're like, yeah. that was a cool scene. In the book of Boba Fett, which is supposed <laughs> to be about this gangster who's doing stupid shit wrong. You know, it's like, but like, okay. 
Yeah. So, yeah, but you know, that's that's all fine and good. It's the Mandalorian episode from the book of Boba Fett. And again, I liked it because we got to see some really cool stuff. And then it kind of slowed down and but then he got a ship. So you're like, okay, well, is the next one gonna be now? I don't know what you're gonna do, show. Are you gonna be a Boba Fett episode? Are you gonna be a Mandalorian episode? Well, I thought we'd go back to Boba Fett for the next episode. What are we on? Five? The next episode six, five would be six no, will six. be six. chapter six. And it immediately okay. starts out with Cobb Vance, and you're like, Cool. I'm on board. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> Does that you guys like him? I love oh, Cobb yeah. Vance. I liked him Great as a character. character. I love yep. Timothy Oliphant. I didn't realize he wasn't created in um Mandalorian. He was actually from the Aftermath book series. Did you guys yes. know that? I didn't know that. I have the book, but I haven't read it yet. I thought that was a cool, again, another cool gunslinger trope. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I thought that was interesting that he had the armor. I like the idea of that character using the armor. And I was okay with the uh, character being like, if you go on a side quest with me, I'll give you the armor you seek, Shining Knight. Like, okay, fine. Fucking whatever. I also think it's funny that he's not the only uh, Deadwood character in the show. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I noticed that as well. Yeah, the bartender, it, the Queequeg bartender, Queequeg, is yeah, yeah uh-huh. is a uh, yeah. smiling Dan from from <laughs> Deadwood. From awesome. Deadwood, yeah. Freaking awesome. Uh, and then uh, uh, Mando flies off to find Grogu and meets R two D two, and R two D two is like, "Sit here, dude." And he's like, "And do what?" And he's like, uh, "I'm going to shut down. I don't. I can't answer all these questions." Pew. And we get to watch the ant droids like building Luke's school. While meanwhile, uh, we have Luke Skywalker training Grogu and being a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, like, Grogu's like, I'm hungry. And he's like, fuck your one frog. <laughs> and not, get, and not letting it. Yeah. drops them all, yeah. right? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. let him have any. So I will say this. I think it was the most impressive um, de-aging I have seen. He, yeah, yeah. I bought that he was Luke Skywalker. Sometimes when he talked, it's a little computer generated. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. They did a good Especially job. Especially when he was meditating and eyes closed at the beginning. Yeah. For yeah. fucking sure. He, oh, yeah. They nailed it. I, I, I it, it was better than when we saw him in The Mandalorian. They keep getting better and better at this shit. I don't know if you guys watch Righteous Gemstones, but they did an episode where uh, John Goodman was young the whole episode. And not like super young, but younger. Holy shit. It was unbelievable how good they were. And the same, you know, it's, it's you know, ILM and the people who, SSLS, the people who are doing this are, are just killing it in this de-aging game. And I think I'm this was- 40 and look at me. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that was really impressive. And I like seeing him train uh, Grogu. We got to see Grogu has this flashback where he sees some Order 66 shit now. Yeah. Kyle, yes. the second I saw this, immediately, there's a shot where a lightsaber rolls on the ground and it's like, somebody has to know whose lightsaber that is. Kyle, <laughs> help me out. Who were those people? Do we know? See, uh, my research, though, I, I actually don't know. I don't know too much, like I said, about the the, the episode one on all the, the Jedi that are from the Jedi Council. But what was crazy about that scene was, did you notice the, the, the signet that was on the wall? That shape of the signet is another character from the Clone Wars. Her name was Barris Offrey. And she was a Jedi who kind of started seeing the bullshit in the Jedi way and she kind of went dark and she framed ahsoka Mm -hmm. for doing something you know bombing i think it was a bombing the jedi temple but blamed it on ahsoka so ahsoka ended up having to be exiled from the jedi council but it was actually barris offrey was the one that that did it and then um her signet was actually on the wall of that scene where grogu is looking out from what we think might be a droid so a lot of people on YouTube were saying that it looked like maybe Grogu was smuggled into a droid because he's kind of looking through like some sort of uh, 
like a top part. Like it looked like it, maybe it was like a droid or people were speculating. Maybe it was R2D2 that kind of saved them or something like that. But that might be a far off theory, but, um, but it looked like he was in some sort of container. Or I thought he like was in his little egg. That was egg, my, yeah, that's I, I, I thought, thought it was too, his but, egg, but right. He might've been either way. Yeah. The fact that but, they showed that lightsaber so prominently, though, let, leads me to be like, they're setting that up for something. We're supposed to know what that is, or we're going to find out what that is. Right. Uh, we might in, find out about it in Obi-Wan Kenobi series. In Obi-Wan or, like that, or the so. Ahsoka series, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's a cool shot, though. And and this is, this is an interesting episode, because again, we don't get a lot of Boba Fett in it, but no. it's mostly watching Grogu. And then, um, you know... Uh, <laughs> Mando's not allowed to see him. Ahsoka shows up again. We get to see her again. And she's like, no, if you see him, it's going to like bust his training up. And he's like, well, give him, can you give this to him? Can you give them my present? I was pissed off at that point. I was like, just let him give it to him. That would at least give him like, at least Grogu will then be like, wait, he was here. You didn't let me see him. Fuck you. Uh, And then Luke Skywalker gives him this total Shogun assassin moment. He's like, choose the ball or choose the Mm -hmm. sword, choose the sword and you know, join me join me on the path to destruction choose the ball and join your mother in death if, if you guys don't know fucking shogun assassin or the baby lone wolf and cub series fucking amazing it's what mando is very 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 much uh sort of um very mirroring. very much based on yeah but he luke skywalker says you can you can get the the chainmail shirt that the mandalorian brought for you or you get yoda's lightsaber and you're like wait yoda's lightsaber I don't know a lot about it, but I do know that Darth Vader destroyed Yoda's lightsaber in a big show of like, we fucking have crushed the Jedi. That was like his victory speech. Like he walked out and showed it to the remnants of the Empire. It's like, we've, when we've crushed the Jedi, he destroyed Yoda's lightsaber. So it being here is kind of a, a weird thing, but okay. Right, so okay. first of all, imagine when Darth Vader and the Empire's PR people are talking about that thing where they're like, we need to have a, we crush the rebellion speech. Darth Vader's like, I got it. I have the best idea. I'll fucking hold up Yoda's lightsaber and crush it. And they had a whole conversation about, should we hold up a standard sized lightsaber so that everyone can see it? Because Yoda's is like half the size. And Darth Vader was like, yeah, but Yoda was like, he's like one of the most prominent Jedi. He was on the council. They're like, we understand what you're saying, but as a symbol, is his lightsaber really you know, visible from the crowd. <laughs> where was that? Do you guys know where we see that? No. Where, where Darth I Vader read that, crushed, that, that, there, that, that yeah, they do break it in a display of... It's, Aaron, do you remember where that was from? It's in the, it's in the comic books. Oh, it's in the comics. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. I read that, though. I, I only, you know, okay. I heard yeah, it was in the comic me, books. But I didn't see where it was. Okay. But... Yeah. Yeah. The thing with me for this episode, for, for the whole episode, is it's really cool to see Luke training him. However, yeah. and like it's very easy and everybody online is ripping on Luke for being, you know, only a Sith deals in absolutes and all this other stuff. And it's justified. But like he kind of comes off as a dick. Yeah. It, like it'd be one thing if he was like, you know, if they made the scene like now, Grogu, I know this is a hard choice, but you can only pick one. But it almost is like Luke is smirking. He's like, you want the lightsaber or do you want the shirt? And it just <laughs> it seems like he's being... Yeah like fucking devious almost like he seems he's not my luke is how it feels he's withholding there's no reason for him to make that decision there's no reason for him to make that decision and i think that's why it's the downfall of luke right because that's why it happened with with his 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 nephew uh 
Ben Solo, right? That's why Ben Solo turned Kylo Ren is because Luke is so insecure with himself and he's trying to bridge this between being, you know, a a Jedi from the old ways Mm -hmm. and then his new way of his teachings. And he's trying to bridge both of them, but at the same time, it still feels like he's trying to do the old way, which is, you know, let go of your feelings. Feelings lead to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to to, to suffering. Right, which is what Yoda used to say to to Anakin all the time. And it seems like Luke can't break out of that mold of the old ways of the Jedi. So yeah. it, 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 it's coming off as Luke being a dick instead of instead of Luke embracing that this is going to be a new way that I'm going to teach how young Jedi's kid can follow instead of the old way where. I can't let you be in a relationship with somebody you love or, or see your family ever again. That's cult shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's cult shit. That's what, exactly what it felt like. Right. Right. Shit. Like Luke has baby Grogu over this area that a planet that we've never seen before. He's building his own little huts, kind of like Jonestown or, or wherever all these (laughs) places are. Right. And, and just, and, and and telling them this is what you're going to do if you decide to stay instead of giving them a free option of like hey i want to think for myself i can be both if i want to there was a jedi mandalorian sure yeah we learned that in this season in this season exactly nobody nobody said grogu had to come back with mandalorian mandalorian wasn't even like i'm here for the grogu he was right. like i just want to give him a present all luke had to do was let him wear a shirt that's all Luke had to do. Hey, he got you a cool shirt. Isn't that neat, buddy? You also get this bitch in lightsaber. There was nothing. There was no choice that didn't have to be made. All he had to do was let Grogu wear a shirt and it would have been fine. But he says, like, you can wear the shirt and fuck off or you can get a lightsaber. What <laughs> and that's the thing is I feel like in the Mandalorian, there was a bunch of stuff I didn't like. There's a bunch of stuff that I didn't agree with, but they presented it in such a way that number one, was integral to its own story. It wasn't just like, well, Aaron said this, and then Kyle said this, and then Matt said this, but they were completely had nothing to do with each other story-wise. This is doing that a lot. But Mandalorian was like, listen, we're making this like this because it plays a part in this episode later, and it's a reveal. And I'm like, okay, not my favorite flavor, but it's working, and I see what you're doing. However, a lot of the stuff that they did do that with, retconning and whatnot, I liked. In this I would not have liked Luke giving him this choice or this ultimatum anyway, but they presented it in just such a flat, doesn't really matter. It There's no repercussion. I, I know there is, but like, I don't care. Like, I wasn't like, ooh, Grogu has a tough choice ahead of him. I was like, is this the last scene of this episode? I mean, that's partly because I'm not interested in the show, but like, you could have made me care about that by building it up a little bit or having a reason luke you could have had luke put his hand on his shoulder and been like you can only do one this is the jedi way Uh, like and you that's not necessary but if you did that it would have been better matt you could even have luke been like i was faced with the decision to leave my jedi training and i i chose go to my friends and i failed right so you have the same choice you can if you want to go see him you can but staying here will get you this that like like explain why the choice is a choice right i didn't even think of that yoda and luke had that original yoda or as my son calls him big baby yoda (laughs) (laughs) which is like his rapper like you know like nice 
right though? Like big like, baby Yoda. There yeah, was, it's, you know, I'm, <laughs> I was going to go into a whole big baby Yoda rap in his voice, but I'm, I'm like, let's keep going here. No, we, but, yeah, we got to keep going. You're right. He had that conversation and it mattered, right? Yes. Luke said, if I don't, my friends will die. And Yoda's like, yeah, that's the that choice might happen. But, and, oh, but, but because he didn't even let him meet him, there was a thing where like you could have had that parallel and you lo- you threw that parallel away. You threw it away and just made Luke look like a dick. Yeah. And and yeah. it's just like, ah, so we get back. I'm going to jump through a little bit. Boba Fett's like, ah, I don't have the manpower. Mandalorian's like, I got a guy. He goes out <laughs> and he's talking to Cobb Van. The Cobb Van's like, no, nah, I'm not going to help you, dude. And he's like, no, no, no. It'd be super cool if you help me. Everybody in the town's like, nah, dude, we don't want to help you. And he's like, no, nah, it'd be really, really cool. Like, He's like, but we're bros. And he leaves and Cuff Band's like, yeah, we are bros. And then (laughs) in one of the coolest moments of the whole series, you see a shadow coming, like a silhouette coming out of the desert. And he starts coming closer and closer Mm -hmm. and you recognize him. And it's fucking Cad Bane. And even though I've never seen it, I was like, that's fucking cool. That Mm -hmm. is fucking cool. And he is a bad motherfucker. He is icy cold. And one of the coolest things to see realized from comic books and TV shows and animations. We've never mm-hmm. seen him live action. And he is fucking scary and he's fucking cool. Cad Bane, badass. Kyle, give me a little Cad Bane knowledge. What do you know about Cad Bane? Yeah, Cad Bane. So he he's a character that George Lucas and Dave Filoni created in uh, the Clone Wars, the animated series. And he's, I think, well, now I personally think that Cad Bane is one of the most badass bounty hunters because he was actually a bounty hunter before Boba Fett was. Right. He actually taught Boba Fett how to become a bounty hunter. That's why they have so much history. And so this would put if Boba Fett is about. 50 or something like that in this series it puts cad bane at like 70 years old and he still looks like a fucking bass lost a little bit of blue color in his face but hey they they made him look fucking ridiculous in the makeup looks really good there's a couple shots mm -hmm. and a couple angles where it doesn't look he looks a lot wider than he did in the animation because there's people inside of him yeah but and kyle i don't know if you know specifically (laughs) But at least one of, if not the first thing we see him do, is kidnapping Jedi babies, right? Yes. Yep. Like, that was what I don't he did. That, yep. Is that the first one or one of the first? That was know? one of his that was one of his missions was because he's he's a freelance bounty hunter. He doesn't care who's paying him as long as they're paying him. He doesn't care was, if the I, I don't remember if that's the yeah. first time we see him, but one of the first times in the Clone Wars series, one of the first yes. times we see him, he's fucking kidnapping Jedi children. And right. you're like, that's hardcore. Like, yeah. even if you're not doing that to kill them, you're still kidnapping Jedi mm-hmm. babies. That's yep. that's some fucking sophisticated right. bad guy shit, right? Right. Which then parallels with with why the Empire or the new Empire or whatever, the First Order, was trying to, to get these Clone Force children, uh, you know, capture them, kidnap them because they wanted to dissect them to bring Emperor right. Palpatine, which that's what the sequel trilogy is all about, which was, you know, a bunch of bullshit. But that's pretty much the <laughs> premises of why this Cad Bane bounty hunter was stealing force sensitive children was because they wanted to dissect and see what the the, the DNA was for cloning these force sensitive kids. So that was just a that's side a great mission. Great fucking storyline, yeah, right? Exactly. And Cad Bane's like, OK, you pay me, I'll, I'll do that. And he's done a lot of cool stuff, like Aaron said, through the comics. We've seen him multiple times in multiple animated series. He is for sure a badass. And for lack of a better comparison, 
he is a Boba Fett character, right? Yeah. Yes. Kind of, he talks a lot more. We don't know a lot about him. He'll take that job. If he's coming after you, you are fucked. And you know that mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe, right? I thought he was badass. And in this episode, he, first of all, I don't know why he's not riding anything, but it looks cool. He walks <laughs> through the shimmering uh, tattooing sun and yep. he issues an ultimatum to Cad Vanth, right? Yes. Yeah, his his ultimatum is like, you know, stay out of the ways of the Pike Syndicate because the Pike Syndicate are already taking over tattooing. It's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's already starting. You can't do anything about it. So you either stay out of my way or let's let's freaking do this. Let's go. And I'm going to I'm going to kill you right now on the oh. spot. And, and I was it like, please back- don't fight. Please don't fight because I love yeah. I love both these characters, but I don't yeah. want anyone to get killed. Right, right. And I think that's what a lot of the fans were like, oh, shit, one of them is going to die. It's either going to be Cad or it's going to be Cobb. And obviously Cobb doesn't have the armor. And it's like when Cad Vane gave him that last line, like, you should have kept your armor. You should have kept the armor. You're like, oh, shit, Cobb's going to get shot. (laughs) Also, story-wise, like, I know Cad Vane's not going to get killed here. Exactly, exactly. And not by by Cobb Vanth, right? Right. So you're going to think that, you know, it's going to be a death that's worth giving to the fans not yeah. not just cop vans shooting them and but yeah cold, so man great western yeah. style shootout i oh, mean yeah. cat bane is based on ugly right yeah he's, it was a reference to the good the bad and the ugly because well, cat oh, cat bane is based yeah. off of clint eastwood like he uh, literally no he's, at, no, he's, he's based he's at, uh, angel angel eyes lee van cleef lee van, yeah, cleef. Lee van cleef. interesting yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah he's directly based off of lee van because of the hat and that yeah in that specific movie but in general yeah, yeah it's and, then, cool and, then Dep- and the deputy was was the deputy other dog right? comes out. He's like, "Should I be involved?" And Cad Cobb is like, "No." He's like, "Well, I'll talk some shit to Cad Bane." And he's like, yeah. "You should go inside." <laughs> yeah, but they leave us with uh, Cobb Vanth lying on the ground and all his people like, "Oh shit!" And you're like, "Damn, dude!" And he does look like he gets winged, right? It looks like he gets spun by the bullet by the yeah. laser blast. So you yeah. think he's yeah. probably still alive? I'm hoping so, he is. I hate to say it, we are cruising in an hour and a half so it's fine we'll break it not- in, we can break it into two episodes if you want we can or- break it into two episodes but i i just hope we can we can get through this episode seven this is an awesome episode because it is delivered it? it delivered on the promise that i asked for. <laughs> you gotta buy the blu-ray now right yeah i always yeah. say in short yeah. when i do sms if like we'll be watching an sms movie and it'll be terrible and i'll be like all right if that washing machine eats that guy i'll buy this on blu-ray and then sometimes that shit happens and i'm like i said it Okay, I got to buy the Blu-ray. I mean, that's what happened. So yep. this episode does deliver for you, Aaron. So you have yep. to buy the Blu-ray. I have to buy the Blu-ray. Well, R2-D2 shows up with Grogu at... Uh, <laughs> what's her face? Pel- Pelimoto. Pelimoto. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, good. Just what I wanted. Um, the Obviously, the crime syndicates betray everybody, and they start yep. fighting the Wookiee. Okay, that's cool. They start shooting at the mods. Mm, I hope they die. There's like don't. a big fight where like there's... Boba Fett has people stationed in multiple places around the city and they are having multiple battles in multiple times, right? Yeah. Yes. It's cool. But then we get into the situation where um, these Scorpionic droids show up and we have like 20 minutes of people like, oh my God, their armor's not coming down. Pew, 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 pew. And it's just the shields and you're like, I've played enough video games to know this isn't going to work. You have to wait till their shields deplete and then you get it. <laughs> but we're not going to like, they take forever to do it. It's a very big, broad-scoped episode. You have the Wookiee fighting people. You have the different forces fighting people. You wonder if they're going to get back up. Um, the Pikes are fighting people. It's a pretty cool, like, fucking gun-down thing. Um, it's it's fun. It's, yeah. 
but, definitely feels like a Godfather type feel, right? When when the the one brother or son or whatever it is gets trapped at the 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 toll road, yeah, and they yeah, all yeah, yeah. just sunny appear around them and then just freaking gun them down that's how i felt like with every single one of those groups right the transoceans with black chrysanthemum uh freaking the 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 dog guys around the um the pig pig uh the pig uh warriors and um and then the mods getting trapped by the you know the the the, spider faces spider looking face guys right so yeah (laughs) walrus so at that moment you knew like oh shoot something's gonna go down right and they're all like planning this and all the heads and you're like, okay, this is where the turn is going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. So, I mean, and just when you think it's, it's all is lost, which you're like, obviously it's not, but I didn't expect this. Just when you think all is lost, you got Mandalorian is about to get murdered by a Scorpionic droid. He knows Grogu's back. They're hanging out. You know, they're having some fun, fun, like, oh, no, Grogu. Oh, no, Mando. Some fun Amy Sedaris uh, yeah. rickshaw. Rickshaw oh, action. Yeah. And then the the Scorpionic's about to kill Mando. And then out of nowhere, Rancor shows up being ridden by Boba Fett, who starts fucking up Scorpionic's. King I was Kong like, style, right? Swinging yeah, off buildings. Swinging off buildings. He fucks up the Scorpionic's. They're fucking him up. And I was like, if you fucking kill this Rancor in one episode, I'm going to And he's getting I, shot. Like, he's getting yeah. shot by these tank droids. I'm going to be so pissed, but he doesn't. He lives. He kills everybody. Hooray. Everybody wins. You know, Fett and and Cad Bane have a duel and it's fucking great. He kills him with his Gaddafi sick, which is like, you know, very, very full circle. He kills him. But I'm thinking he I'm thinking they can't have killed him. Right. I'm well, thinking they, the, the little the little beeper, the little red beeper on his his uh, his coat was flashing. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. And they're thinking maybe that. OK, so in the Bad Batch, which was another animated series that came out after the Clone Wars by Dave Filoni, he has a little robot named Toto and he's voiced by. Um, uh, crap, I forgot. His Dorothy. Name. Uh, no, the guy from Family Guy, Seth Green. Seth Green. Uh, he's okay. voiced by Seth Green. And this little robot Toto is like his little sidekick. So I'm thinking that little beep on the on his chest plate, Cad Bane's chest plate, is calling to probably that robot. Oh, okay. We didn't see him. So probably that's what I'm guessing is that maybe Cad Bane's not really officially dead and they're gonna bring him back again for sure. something. I don't know. You know, they Soka give him a cool or, robot or chest plate. I mean, exactly. they can figure it out. But but the so- other the other thing that you guys noticed was the head plate on Cad Bane. And that was from the episode that never got aired because that's when Disney had bought out star or lucasfilm but there was supposed to be another episode where it showed cad bane and boba fett dueling as as boba fett was like in his teenage years and that's how boba fett got the dent in his helmet and that's how cad bane got shot in the head that's why he has this plate when his hat fell off when when boba fett was about to stab him that's a cool cool touch that was yeah cool touch the problem for this with me and rumi you said this is fun i kind of agree with you it got a little long like Episode three, beginning battle long, but it, and it's just like, there's no reason for any of it to be happening. And I won't even like elaborate on the lack of reason, but like you understand that the other syndicates, the other crime Lords are trying to kill Boba Fett. I get that. But like, there's no, I didn't feel attached to anybody. I mean, obviously you're supposed to be attached to Boba Fett. It was cool to see Boba Fett, and the Mandalorian fucking the killer shooting back and forth, you know, back to back. That was cool. Who gives a shit? And for me, the Cad Bade standoff should have been cool. And I've been there. I've watched all the animated series. So 
I know that these two characters, specifically Cad Bane and Boba Fett, have a bit of a history. They've helped each other, but they've also been antagonists to each other. What would have made more sense to me is if Cad Bane had been appearing, you have that Cobb Vanth type of situation earlier in the series, and we know that Cad Bane is getting closer to Boba Fett. That would have amped up the tension here, and it would have made it care. Then he has the specific conversation where he's like, uh, I have armor. And he's like, okay, we'll see. And you're like, wait, time out. This is Beskar armor that over 16 episodes we've like talked about how fucking strong this armor is. Can your gun pierce Beskar? Because if not, why is this happening? And it's kind of badass that Cad Bane doesn't give a shit, but it he just fucking shoots, you know? And I think I've, I would have been, it would have been better to have that be a longer thing because then you would have cared more about the what's it called. A hundred percent, Matt. Like we really, uh, you know, th- there was a lot of why and it's like, because it's cool because we wanted this Rancor to fight these robots. Okay. Sure. And we needed to fill all this time, but there's a lot of people shooting at things, even though it's futile and like, okay, at least add yeah, another. Yeah. And you hate that. You need one extra element of like, oh, they were double crossed by the, the, the pikes or the pikes got them cornered in a different way and not have the robots be the big problem because it was like, yeah, but you're still shooting them. If I was playing this as a video game, I'd be like, this is a badly engineered boss fight. Sure. Yeah. That cause yeah, that makes sense. Right. Cause it's just shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. But the rancor the is, was fucking awesome and it delivered mm-hmm. on all aspects. Not only does the rancor fuck up the robots, he wins the day, climbs it off cause he's raging out like King Kong and it's fucking awesome. Throwing fucking speeders at yeah. crowds of people running. Yeah, awesome. at that point I was like, okay, it's fun. I it got awesome. boring for me until the Rancor showed up, and then I was like, okay, the that Rancor was a scene was great. Pop, a bloom bop for sure. And then Grogu like is like, I love you, and him like cuddling with the Rancor. I was like, that's cute, and I'm here for it. I you already you already won me with the Rancor, so sure. in cuddling Grogu, I I'm on board. And and we kind of we kind of wrap things up, and it's it's a very interesting thing because then at the end like. Everybody's like, yay, Boba Fett, you did it. And he's like, I don't like all this attention. He's like, this is what you wanted. This is what you <laughs> yeah, wanted. Yeah, there's Stop. people Stop. fucking Stop. giving him Godfather fruit here. Oh. Here, Godfather, take this kumquat from Flip-a-Floop. And he's like, ugh. And yeah, so then we see Mando and Grogu fly away in their Starfighter. And then in the last shot, we see um, Thundercat. Uh, we see Lionel fixing Cobb Vanth in the back to tank. And that's the end. And it doesn't set up any other series. Oh. It just kind of wraps it all up. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right. They did it. Now, for me, you skipped over one very important part that happens at the end. Did. Well, we have fucking, um, what's her name now? I can't remember her name. Fennec Shand. She yeah, sneaks Shand. Oh, into yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, the Pike Syndicate and mm-hmm. fucks up everybody that has crossed Boba Fett. Yeah, why didn't you yeah. do that in episode two? Why didn't Boba Fett do that? Yeah, exactly. Why How, didn't Boba I mean, Fett again, do that? Again, yep. that for me, it wouldn't... But the thing that I said about the Rancor scene, when he's rubbing the Rancor, and that would have been a trap, and how cool that would have been. Mm-hmm. If at the end of that episode, you see Boba Fett walking down the streets, and he's like, this is not who I am. I don't want this. Even though, Rumi, you're right. He's been crying about this the whole season. If they're giving him fruit and shit, and then the next thing you see is him walk in and obliterate a room and hang everybody that fucked up fucked him over you're like shit especially because cad bane says you really think the speeder bike syndicate fucked up your your tribal buddies that was the mayor and all these other people in on it you idiot they're manipulating you yeah you just have him get that knowledge and even if he ordered fennec shan to do that the fact that he didn't do that himself 
is a huge, huge oh, yeah. flaw of that character. And again, that speaks to the thing I was saying about before about how how cool would it be if he's like, I'm a ruthless killer who had no real morals before. I've now changed because of the Native Americans and I'm going to try and do this my way, but I'm still me. I can't just mm-hmm. let this go unpunished. That would have been yeah. so fucking cool. You, we missed the scene where he either ordered that to happen or at least talked about it. Because if he was right. like, he's like, I'm going to go fuck these guys up. And she's like, no, you are the ruler now. You get to say who fucks right. people up. And he's like, you what? walk the streets and get yeah. the fruit. I'll go get my hands dirty. Yeah. I wouldn't have liked that as much, but you would have but at it, least it, been addressing it. It at least made what he does now. Now he now he gets to order the order the hits. Right. He doesn't have to do the hits anymore. <laughs> if the whole thing was about passing the torch of I don't have to do the dirty work myself anymore, right. that would have made more sense. But that wasn't what the show yeah. was, so it just made no sense. It, it, mm-hmm. it was very confusing. And then when you saw it, it's like, oh, at least somebody did it. <laughs> it, it just felt rushed for me. It yeah. felt like they just had to throw that in there just to mm-hmm. cut all the loose ends. And like you guys were saying, like it would have been so much more badass with the bow on, on the present, like the cherry on top, if Boba Fett just did it. And, and, and you got to see him finally be that Boba Fett that you still know. Okay, he is a ruler with respect, but you double cross me. This is what's going to happen. Just because, like any like, other gangster movie. He got movie. pushed around yeah. the whole season by exactly. everybody with very exactly. little repercussions to them. Like, think about, talk about Godfather. How cool mm-hmm. if at the end, every one of those guys in the room, there was five or six of them. What if each one got killed by somebody? Mando killed him. Boba Fett killed him. Fennec Shan killed him. Uh, Chrysanthemum killed like the Godfather, where they each got killed in a different place at exactly the same time. You don't even have to have Boba Fett involved. Boba right. Fett could be at a fucking christening. You know, it would yeah. make, how cool would that have been? Preferably yeah. while a Rolling Stone song plays or, or perhaps a uh, Layla, the piano reprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have that. And I think that's a huge fucking miss in this series that would have yeah. made a big deal. The yeah. other thing that's a huge deal, and I talked about this with a friend of mine, was you have now kind of shoehorned this whole Grogu is back with the Mandalorian in, and we'll start probably Mandalorian season three with them already together. We didn't even see Grogu make that crucial choice. And they literally like met each other kind of in slash during a fight scene to get back together. And you're like, there was no, you didn't tell the stories about what they were like separate. We didn't really see a really good rejoining. And that's a huge moment. Think about how big it is for Grogu to say, I'm turning my back on my Jedi training to do this. There's yeah. no, there's no feeling and there for and them to be reunited in like a, Oh, look who's here. Look who showed up, dude. Blah. Whoa. Yeah. Zin, and it's zin, almost zin. like the last episode of Mando season two does not like, remember when we saw that fucking X-wing and when mm-hmm. Luke was fucking cutting down those droids, we were like, what? And he's like, yeah. I will take the child. Now he just fucking is back. And it yeah. like it takes some of the power away from what's already happened, yeah. let alone the story of how they came back together. Season three theoretically should have been them working their way towards mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Right. It, like, now it, now it, what I feel now, what I feel like it's going to be disappointing is going to be the same thing like the book of Boba Fett. You're going to have to do all these flashbacks to show Grogu's sure. progression from when Luke took him to training him to making that ultimate decision of if whether or not he wants to be a Jedi or yeah. a Mandalorian, go back to Din Djarin, you're going to have to do this whole stupid flashback thing again. And, and don't get me wrong. Some of the flashback imagery in Boba Fett was good, but 
you're going to do the same exact principle now for the Mandalorian season three yeah. to explain and have to catch up all the way to that point now. And that's it, if they I, even yeah. do that, right? It, it exactly. really skipped over some major parts. And, and, yeah. and that's the thing. You didn't get to see the choice. You didn't get to see any of the pieces. We didn't earn it. They didn't earn mm-hmm. it. They just threw it back right. at you. And, and that's another thing is there were so many lines in this that are just so cliche. Like somebody's about to be killed. Your buddy sh- jumps up and like shoots everybody in front of you and you go, hey, thanks. Uh, when the mods did that like fennec shan saves the mods and they go hey and she stops and looks at him and i was just like oh my god my eyes rolled harder now if you had set up before that the mods didn't trust fennec shan and fennec shan didn't trust the mods and that was a reoccurring thing that line would have had more weight. It would Never, have meant something. Yeah, but, but the, the stop somebody just to say thanks is so hackneyed at this oh, point. Oh, I agree. It's I so agree. cliche. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's so cliche. And, yeah. uh, and then Don't just, take your impenetrable helmet off in a battle. Uh, right. Spider-Man, Captain America, you know, fucking Iron Man, everybody. Anyway. I know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, My main thing with this yeah. is just... That that thing I read online where some guy said, if you wrote the book of me, you would all be in it because you're my friends and you're all tangent. I get that. But I feel like Boba Fett was a crucial part of his own story. There was no huge arc. He consolidated some sort of power at the end, but only because he survived that battle. Like he didn't do anything. He didn't overcome anything. He didn't really do much to get we anything. Didn't, we didn't have the moment where he walked in and said, this is mine. Right, I, I, you all report to me now, and I'm going to be yeah. different. That what was, was uh, I mean, did he even do what he was trying to do? No. Did he no. become a respected it, leader? It, I mean, it, they it, gave I him mean, you kinda, at the you, end. You, so you kind of yes, saw, but, yeah. I mean, you kind of saw the people most us, but just kind of, kind of respecting him, bowing to him, and giving him fruit. But, but that really didn't indicate really that much. It just was like, oh, okay, cool. Right. They were saying thank you for that moment. He I didn't guess. have a clear goal. No. We don't know if he met it. He didn't really evolve as a character. Any of the evolution that happened happened before the show started when he was with the tribe. And we don't even really see him turning from the Boba Fett we grew up with to this one. He just is. And it's not for lack of time. They they glossed over so much shit. There's plenty Mm -hmm. of time to tell this story. But it's the cliff notes of Boba Fett. I don't think they knew. Well, this brings me to my next thing. Because he rode the, because he rode the Rancor, all is forgiven. So it's fine. But (laughs) my biggest qualm. There's no fucking book. He wasn't writing a book. He wasn't recording a book. There is no book. <laughs> hey, do you guys remember a little movie called Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, and there's not a fucking book in it? When you say book of something, you need to be recording, writing down, making a book, a, bo- a book. There needs to be. There was no book. You literally, okay, there was a book of Boba Fett, just like there's like the, the when they did like Tales from the Jabba's That's Palace. That's what it should have been. Yeah. Yes. Tales from Jabba's Palace, Tales of Boba Fett, Tales of right, Tatooine, right. Tales of Moss Espa, anything. But when you call it Book of Boba Fett and there's no like reason for yeah. it to be recorded. There's no narrative recording of something. There's yeah. no narrative. <laughs> there's never him like being like, and the, like, there was never even the thing as like the back to tanks recording my dreams. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, there's a book. I'll give you a book. <laughs> there's no record of it. Why are we? Why is it even called the Book of Boba Fett? Right. It, that I thought that ridiculous. too. When they when they announced the title at the end of of Mandalorian, I was like, oh, interesting. And I was like, that's a very definitive thing to say there, the Book of Boba Fett. And but I was like, right. when you had Tales of the Bounty Hunter, when you had Tales, of, they were disconnected stories, correct, in the same place. Yeah. This yeah. was a connected story that sometimes right. just joined it off to other things. Yeah. 
that weren't about but, Boba Fett. Why? Why did I, you do that? I think I think it's the way that Dave Filoni writes. Don't get me wrong. Dave Filoni knows a wealth about Star Wars and stuff like that. But if you ever noticed in the Clone Wars, there are so many different arcs in that Clone Wars title that he goes off one tangent. And then, mm-hmm. then there's some episodes about Ahsoka. Then there's some episodes about anakin then there's episodes about cad bane stealing you know four sensitive kids then there's episodes about the droids doing some stupid missions with frogs right so (laughs) i think i think i think the way that dave filoni had set up this show the book of boba fett was exactly the same way as the clone wars where this is just another arc to the mandalorian but instead of calling it the mandalorian season three or 2.5 it's episode it's called the book of boba fett but right it really is the mandalorian season 2.5 it really is but that's that's a weird Mm -hmm. thing to do and it makes me worried for star wars future because mandalorian nailed it that's what i want to see the ups and downs the episodes you like the episodes you don't the things you like Mm -hmm. the things you don't mandalorian did it right and with consistent quality this had Mm. quality up and down all over the place and and uh favreau wrote most of these episodes so Mm -hmm. i'm like you can't rest on this this was not a slam dunk win i think overall okay it's fine new star wars tv fine keep making star wars tv but this was fine it had some amazing moments you wrote a rancor but you can't rest on that don't let this be a pattern do better than this don't use this as your flagpole do better than i think this i think they were they were gonna what i heard they were gonna make a boba fett movie and then they couldn't or didn't, so they made the Mandalorian TV show. And that should have been the Boba Fett TV show. Now you get to the book of Boba Fett. We've already made the Boba Fett TV show, so they tried to do something different. When you said the book of Boba Fett, Aaron, I immediately started thinking of, when you said Tales of uh, Jabba's Palace and Tales of the Bounty Hunter, how cool if it was just an in, in, a non-connected, episode-by-episode, not-in-linear-order, random stories about Boba Fett. One time he was hunting this. One time he got ambushed by this. One time this happened. And it would be so cool if it was told out of order and it was like flipping through the pages of a book. That would be interesting. It's kind of what Mando was, right? So if they did that, it might be satisfying or we might be sitting here bitching because we already saw it in Mandalorian. But I don't know. I feel like anything would have been a little bit better than this. I didn't, it, it doesn't anger me. I'm not being kept up at night. But like if, if they do make a season two, I know I'm not going to watch it religiously. I'll get to it, but I'm not going to watch it religiously. It's just one of those things like this is this was teetering on the edge. And I I think I think it did OK enough. And because he wrote a rancor, I'm still on board. But just like I said, just you have yeah, to, yeah. you can't be you can't think that this was the most successful outing. This was really bumpy and you can do better because the Mandalorian did better. Mm, and yeah. I have hope that you that we get more Star Wars shows, but don't 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 think that this is your high water mark. You know, no. this is this is actually a dip for me. Mm-hmm. It's not they the worst. The, they they can't use the same formula that they they have been doing. Yeah, it's it just you stick to what's good, what works, what what will please the fans, and and just go with that. That's it. The biggest problem is every time you make another show, you pick up more producers, and mm. that's not helping. Or, or it's it's either one of two things. You're either picking up more producers that isn't helping, or you're letting John Favreau and Dave Filoni do whatever they want, and that never helps either. You you have to have a nice balance, and the longer it goes, it that balance is is going to shift too far one way or the other. Right. You can't just sit in a chair and say, "Okay, hire him. Okay, hire him. Okay, hire him. Okay, hire him. <laughs> okay, hire him. Uh, okay, negotiate that. 
Okay, yes. All right, okay. guys. And the major domo out there with a fucking iPad to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, let us know what you thought about the Book of Boba Fett. Did you like it? Did you agree with us? Did you think we are full of shit? You can let us know that, too. Would you ride a Rancor? Hell yeah, you know I would. Uh, <laughs> Only after I bonded emotionally. <laughs> Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod. On our website, LaunchpadPod.com. We love hearing from you guys. We really appreciate that. Kyle, thanks for being on the show, man. We love having you here. Yeah, dude. Always good to have you on. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. Let's do a three-way blast off, guys. Let's actually how to do take this? a water egg corn and crack it open and drink it and sing the theme song of uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> boba, 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 boba. Oh, we're going to do That's how we're going to blast yeah, off? Take, All right. Take, crack yeah, take crack the, your egg. <laughs> the smoke's pouring out. <laughs> Oh, bo- I know. Bo- sing bo- the thing. Bo- 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 sing the thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it Were ends they with saying Boba and Fett the whole time. Yes. I heard it in the last yeah. episode, but I didn't yeah. hear it all the. Other Just time. in the last episode, where they the sang last. the whole, the whole. Okay, the yeah, Boba, the, Boba, the last yeah. episode I heard it, and I was like, wait. At first, it sounded like a guy who didn't know what he was singing. Bo- singing the bo- words bo- Boba Fett bo- makes it worse. Bo- Can you imagine? Bo- 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 Darth, 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 Darth Vader, Darth Vader. Yoda, Yoda, Yoda. <laughs> that's, what we've, that's what we've become. Guys, we're the Rocketeers, and we are out. Oh, man. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.